Hello, Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. We're back. We just did another. <laughs> we just, we're back. We're back to piss y'all off some more. Whoa. We have seen we, your we comments. Just, we have seen your Reddit posts. <laughs> we have seen your social media I activity. I saw them. I saw them. I didn't see the Reddit. I didn't, I, I don't go, energized. I won't go to the Reddit. I feel, I feel alive, man. You, you like alive. this. But that's, you know what, you know what reason why though is because of all of even of all the things that were said in the interview, the person that handled the interview best was by far you. I didn't even catch the looks on your face. Like I didn't even catch them when we were doing the interview. I was too. I think I was too you- aghast to, to like. like I didn't like. I didn't even catch what you were going through. Shout I out to, to the Kalika. thought warriors that caught. Well, Kalika knows yeah. my face, but I I cannot hide what I'm thinking. But shout yeah. out to the thought warriors that that caught it. I didn't even realize I was making those faces. I, I told yeah. you I wasn't okay. I was literally coming fresh off a bachelorette party. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle that. Yeah. So obviously, and I, the person who I feel sorry for is athlete Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, who gave us a delightful <laughs> interview, know. and who gave like who and I'm gonna make sure I post some clips from that interview. Who gave us a delightful interview, a fun interview. I'm gonna pl- plug her podcast again. What's the name of her podcast on the own network again? Uh, Donnie. from from Triumph. Tri- from oh, go triumphs, ahead, Donnie. trials to triumphs, trials, you got trials it. to triumphs. triumphs. Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins, Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins, Blaine Featherston Jenkins, trials to triumph on the goddamn own podcast network. Go, because 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 we did we had a great interview with her. And look, obviously we've heard you guys talk about the Jack interview. Let's let's litigate this real quick, Rachel. What is some of the the feedback that you're seeing, <laughs> and what do you think of the response? We have somebody on. The amazing Nikki Mayo. Mm-hmm. We have her on. Uh, she's had a, a pretty lengthy career in journalism. She's going to join us a little bit later to tell us some of the problems she had with the interview. But Rachel, what's the response been like to you? It's split. And and this is this is what I like. I, this is why I say I feel alive. I like Thought Warriors activated. I like yeah. that this... Not that I like the J- Jack's interview, but I like yeah. that people... We're on both sides of the fence. There are people who were like, never have him on again. Don't do this again. What's what's going on? But then there were a, quite a few people who said, I understand why we have to have these types of conversations. I mean, the, the, everybody was had the same opinion on Jack. There was no yeah. there was nobody was on the fence with that. And I don't think we're surprised by that. But it was interesting to hear people really, I mean, I was reading Reddits where people were like, I created a Reddit for the first time just so I had some a place to talk about this. And jackals, new jackals. I, I'm not saying that we want to continue to have to frustrate our listeners, but it was everybody, I think everybody knows a Jack. Well, I, so that's kind of my issue with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I realized something. In my relationship with Jack, in my relationship with other people, is that I meet people where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And I compartmentalize my life. So that's a gift. I've known Jack. I've known Jack for a long time, right? I've known Jack for like seven years. But like when I, when him and I talk, we're talking about basketball or fashion, because he has a clothing line called Active Dreamers uh, that you would go to and get, like you know stuff to wear on vacation and stuff. So when I would talk to Jack, I'm talking about things that he is insanely educated in. 
like super duper, like super duper knowledgeable about. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people that like, uh, you know, would say that he is dumb or say that he is this or whatever. He's just not up on what it is that we're talking about. For some reason, he thinks he is. But if you're talking about, I mentioned this in the interview, if you're talking about basketball with him, if you're talking about fashion with him, if you're talking about bringing a line to scale with him, he has had his own workspace out there downtown, all different types of products. He knows all that entire world. So I think for me, when people go, well, Van, look around and tell me who your friends are. Like, there's no IQ test for me to love you. There's no, like, if if I find out, if if me and you, form a bond around something and then I find out you have some bad ideas, well, the first thing I'm going to do is talk to you about those bad ideas. I've done that with almost everybody in my life. People in my life have done that with me. I'll talk to my father, God rest his soul, about his bad and outdated ideas. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to my homeboys, the great Ian Vaughn and all of these other people that love. We've talked to each other about what our responsibilities are as men mm -hmm. to grow up and be productive, um, non-shitty, uh, Members of society, like in my crew, I've had to have conversations with them about their homophobia, you yeah. know, like now and even back then, mm -hmm. because my sister uh, came out at such an early age. It was something that we were kind of forced to talk about. So I don't really understand what people think I'm supposed to do. Like the gamut of people that I know, there's definitely some people in there that would offend them. We had glasses on. Me and glasses talk mostly about L.A. gang politics and uh, and boxing. I'm not ashamed of him. He's a guy who's trying to do his best, who has some really bad ideas. <laughs> to me, I mean, I'm to be honest with you, and he knows I feel that way. He feels like I have some bad ideas. Sure. Glasses asked me if I was a cuck. Did I tell y'all this? He <laughs> yeah, said, "Man, you think us. you're a, you think you're a, yeah, you think you're a cuck. You might be. Uh, are you a cuck?" And I'm like, I'm like, "Nigga, why are you talking to me like this?" So what I'm saying is that like, I don't know where. And I'm not trying to, I, everybody's entitled to their opinion and I take the criticism and we talked about the Jack interview, but like where I'm from, like there are people, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Like it, it, drug dealers, criminals, addicts, uh, it, like, these people are in close proximity to me in Baton Rouge. And the only thing we can do is have conversations about how we can do better. Yeah. Like hiding them or acting like I don't love them or acting like they're not my friends or acting like uh, or because I disagree. Now, if you're a Trump supporter, I can't be your friend. And I don't know any of those. But as far as people who think they know how to handle women and it's not right, I got to be like, nah, bro. Like, that's not it. And we got to keep having the conversation. So I don't. If y'all don't fuck with me because of that, then y'all don't fuck with me. And I'm good with that. No. I really am. I don't think people are taking no. it to that extreme. But No, 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 no. But they, they, no, I, I understand people that go, hey, like, whatever, whatever, you know, uh, look at all of Van's friends. We've had many of my friends on here that you guys liked. A lot of people. Actually, Blaine Featherson Jenkins That's is my friend. friend. Yes. We like, we like, we, we like, you know what I mean? So I don't. It's like, I don't know, though. I was invigorated by it. I love <laughs> pissing off Reddit. <laughs> they weren't that pissed off, though. I mean, I... Oh, they it weren't? Was, even if they were like, never have him come on, nobody was that upset. You know what I mean? They were just... Of course, they were like, these these are Van's friends. But, you know, Van's friends bring interesting conversations to the podcast, and y'all know it. They get y'all activated. 
Cause you know why? Cause we some niggas. That's why y'all like. I there is a. I'm gonna be real with you, and I'm I'm serious about this. There is a twinge of elitism that borders on white supremacy, in my opinion, when you can no longer relate to certain people in your community. I'm oh being my completely gosh. serious I, about I this. I would hundred percent agree with that. Like you guys, like I'm not, you guys think there's certain people, you guys think you're better than these people. You don't think they're worth talking to anymore. You don't think it's worth even correcting them anymore. Do you know how, do you know how little you have to think of somebody's humanity when it's not worth setting them straight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at this point? And that's how I feel about like a lot of areas of the extreme political right. I don't feel like it's worth setting them straight. The reason why we haven't had Richard Spencer on this podcast, the reason why we had hadn't had uh I don't know who else, like Candace any of those Owens. MAGA peeps. Oh like it, it some of those people, it's not worth setting them straight. But the people that you share your community with that have bad ideas that you hope to build a better community with, even if you can't, the people right around the corner from you, it's worth giving them a little tighten up sometimes. And it's worth doing it publicly. It's, it's worth it to me. But also, know. how boring is it God to only it. talk to people who have the exact same ideas and thoughts that you do? You know, I you I think you said it. Yeah, you said it on the last podcast where you talked about being challenged by the bad ideas or being challenged by other, you know, when people think a completely different way. Because I think it forces you to reason why that's not right. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. What? I'm done. No, you're not. I had Don't I had a lot of look, look look I had a lot of good people coming up, man. Don't I, stop. There's a there's a there's a lot of people who I know. Some people Don't I know Don't. might some people I know might be playing a Super Bowl in the future. There's a lot of people I know, but y'all not getting none of them. No, 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 no more Vance friends. Y'all not stop. y'all y'all not getting nobody. You know who I was texting with earlier today? Barack Obama. Not coming on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just I never texted Barack Obama. It's a joke. But but I'm joking. But it is funny. <laughs> my super educated friends are pissed off though. Like my <laughs> like the people is like there there are people that are like. Van, like seriously, like why haven't you had us on the podcast yet? And I'm sorry. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. We have the Jack, but we don't have him. <laughs> like, like Van, like seriously, I'm up here. Like we've raised two million dollars. Like why haven't you had us on? I'm sorry. You know, because those people don't typically reach out as much as the people who want to get their shit off. So I do want to shout out one guy right now, Isaac Hayes the third. Isaac Hayes. Hasn't been on our podcast yet, but Isaac hit me up and I want to shout out Isaac Hayes III. I want everybody to know about what's happening down there in Atlanta with fan base. All of you guys are on Instagram. You're complaining about Instagram. You're complaining about what goes on on Instagram. There is a social network called fan base that is for you by a black man. All of you guys that are so weird. Isaac Hayes III. His daddy made the theme from Shaft. It don't get no blacker. <laughs> this nigga was born singing a, a Negro spiritual. Isaac Hayes the third and fan base. Go sign up for fan base. Go sign up for fan base. Invest into fan base. We're going to have Isaac on the show pretty soon so he can tell you all about that. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Maybe he's going to have to make friends with Rachel before we can have him on because 
We can only have Rachel's friends on. Rachel, Stop. tell, give us five friends you would like to have on the podcast no, now. No, let me think about that. No, I, I will not. But I need to. I need can we to get Stephen A. Smith? Can I we get Stephen start. A. Smith on here? Let's 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 get Stephen A. Smith on. Let's get let's Stephen, get Stephen A. Let's see if we can pride Stephen A. away Stephen from Fox News. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's see if we can pry Stephen A. away from Fox News. I would love to have Stephen A. on the podcast. You guys would love that because me and him are going to get along. <laughs> let's have Stephen, um, Stephen A. Smith. That's what that's. Yes, we're going to make that happen. The, um, go ahead. Rachel's friends fall. That's the name. <laughs> R F F A. Oh, we gotta have Rachel's gotta friends have, fall. We gotta have a manual. Who? Oh. Ho, ho, ho! This is what I'm talking about. Rachel's friends fall. Jack put a moratorium on Van's friends. <laughs> we gotta take a <laughs> We gotta take a time out. Like Jack, win. man. Jack just I I love you, dog. Man, we're gonna get these books, bro. <laughs> uh, book culture. We gonna we're gonna get into some literate culture. Uh Jack put a moratorium on Vance friends. Cool. Rachel. Rachel's friends fall. You guys, that's the movement. Donnie, are you into RFF? All into it. I'm already like writing down these names so I can send them to Allison. Or you can Allison. you can make the text, Rachel. It's up to you. We'll do both. We'll so, do both. So who so can we have Matt James? That doesn't count. Matt James is not one of your friends. We're friendly. Do you want to have a friendly, sir? Let's think about that. Let's think about Nigga, we'll nigga. You know I want to have Matt. What, okay, what, what kind of Put question is that? Put him down. I don't know if Matt you were still interested. James. Put Matt, Matt James, James down. Ellen Pompeo. You want Ellen Pompeo uh, on? Yeah, like, can I tell you? I, I do, because I want to ask Ellen Pompeo about something that happened in one of the... It, it, never mind. It's a story. <laughs> it's not nothing bad. Okay. It, it's nothing bad. It's, oh, it's not, I look. Well, hold on, hold on for a second. I love Ellen Pompeo. You know, I love Ellen Papel. Ellen Papel's great. She's great as an for a long time. She's great. It's just she came to one of our screenings for Two Distant Strangers. Oh. And it was like a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like she came to like one of our virtual screenings. It was a little interesting moment during the screening. Mm. And it was it was funny. It wasn't. It was funny. We laughed. But Ellen Papel was Did great. She, she was very supportive of the movie. No, she doesn't know that people were oh. laughing. But it, it, it's like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's a, she's a very nice lady, very supportive lady. Where are you going? You're about to leave and go somewhere. Where are you headed? To New York for BravoCon. This is my other like. So you've got your Comic Con. I've got BravoCon. You do Ringerverse. I do Morally Corrupt on Ringer Reality yeah. TV. Got BravoCon. I like Morally Corrupt. Every mm-hmm. show that's on Bravo is having all the people that are. What would I call them? I almost called them characters. It's reality TV. All the people who are on these shows will be at BravoCon. There'll be panels. There'll be games. They have like booths set up. So I'll be moderating a panel, which I'm excited about. And then I will oh, be. that's very special. Yes, yes. Because I'm a fan too. And then I'll be um, doing something. Andy Cohen does this with his radio show where you act out a scene. While we sit and do a table read kind of. Of a famous yeah. Real Housewives scene, so That's I'm doing that so. with. Um, I just realized this is I'm about to say it with cool. friend of the podcast, and I'm using air quotes. One of the people sharing the stage will be Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport, <laughs> yeah, I knew it. 
just haven't haven't talked to him since his infamous time on this podcast. So we'll see how see, that people. We'll see how people that goes. were mad about that interview. People, no, people I go back. loved you for that interview. Wrong. People were I so. I, I got. Like, I can go back through all the interviews that we've done. There are people when I was still on the Reddit, lurking on the Reddit, being a real obsessive compulsive twit. There were people <laughs> that like they just shouldn't do interviews on higher learning. They suck. Like people, you guys can't tell me. Fuck you guys. I love you guys. Love you so much. Give me a hug. Reddit was growing. Reddit grew after Jack. I'm telling you, people were, yes, people were into it. Mm, I was mm, like, let mm. me go see what Reddit's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all um, Reddit. I mean, I have a, I have a, um, soulless jackals. Somebody make a soulless jackals Reddit. No, we don't need to take away from what we already have. It's building. Nah, Nah, man. Nah, nah. Remember back oh, in the man. day when you used to be so excited and you used to say, our thought warriors is the hottest, mm-hmm. hottest Reddit page out, the hottest group, was, Reddit group out there. You were so excited. I have to be real about something in all seriousness. I was unfair to the Reddit. I should have never gotten into the Reddit. <laughs> I should have never pretend. Let me tell you why. I'm serious. The Reddit, I think I've said this before. The Reddit is... This is their podcast. That's their spot to go and talk the shit. They're supposed to be doing what they're doing on the Reddit. They are. Seriously. Like, it's hard to read negative things about you, especially people coming at parts of your character when they don't really even know you besides that. But that's the game that we're in. Let's be honest with you. We like we we talk about stuff. What? What the no, hell just happened, Rachel? I forgot that somebody else was here and they just popped up. It just threw me off. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, but 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 the reality is it the Reddit goes exactly the way it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be people in there sounding off uh, about stuff that they like and stuff that they don't like. And that's what we hope for the Reddit. So, you know, I call them soulless jackals, but it, it in reality, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Right. I have a question for you. Oh, I was, I've always thought that they should do, they should have a black host for a show, just like watch what happens live. And they should have, they should call it watch what happens jive. Okay. Like after Damn. dark, like super duper late, just with nigga shit. Cause they, cause they, cause here's the thing. On Bravo. The, the, yeah. The thing I like about <laughs> Cohen is that he, he can hit the precipice of nigga for some reason. Like he can be sitting right there. He can be sitting with the niggerous. He can sit, be sitting right there. Right. Mm-hmm. With like, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking Kodak Black, Gladys Knight and whatever. And he can still do his thing. He, like he feels comfortable, yes, but it still's not as comfortable as it was if you were there. Listen. Watch what happens, Jive. No, it's <laughs> super black. I would never, I would never love me doing something with Bravo. Would not be doing. Watch what happens, Jive. <laughs> what would you do with Bravo? I w- I wouldn't do a show. People ask me all the time what I do. Real Housewives. I'm too big of a fan. I would not. I don't want people to know my reality, what what I'm driving, who my friends are, what my house looks like. I don't like that. But I'd be down to host a show. Why not? Like what? What do you mean host, host a show? What kind? Of I'd show? host a reunion. A reu- I, That's what I would want to do. I'd want to do what Andy Cohen does, hosting a reunion show. I watch these shows. Oh, that would work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in tune. I've done it before with MTV for a show. I love it. I love it. Would you be down to do a show on the Zeus Network? Because I gotta be honest no. with you, as far as reality shows go, no, I don't know. Zeus got the best reality shows, straight like that. 
Zeus got the best reality shows. Y'all, y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. Zeus, Baddies South, Jocelyn's you do not Cabaret. You do not subscribe to Zeus. Zeus got the best reality you shows. You do not subscribe to Zeus. I think Zeus is extremely problematic. <laughs> they exploit us in the worst way and are just making money off of us. Wait a minute. How could you say that about Zeus but be cool with Bravo? It's the same thing. What? what? Zeus, Zeus, Zeus is, white is black. Zeus is black, I don't right? want to see so, it. I don't, I, I just, I hate. Wait, I, this makes just, no if, sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> So, so you think it's better if white people exploit black people than <laughs> no, if it is if black really people exploiting. exploit black people? Oh, you mean Bravo? like like Real Housewives of Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not the same as Zeus. Zeus is like <laughs> Zeus is like. Let me take exactly what it is that you're known for, the worst thing, and let me times yeah. it by twenty and give you a That's whole true. show surrounding it. On Zeus and make money off of it. Like they're just making. Zeus is too extreme for me. It's too extreme for me. I'm sure it is entertaining. It's just too extreme. Right? Because I don't say these same things about love and hip hop. I don't say these same things about Black Ink Crew. But Zeus is just next level to me. But see, this is what I like about Zeus Zeus knows why you're coming to the show. Zeus knows, and Zeus just goes, we're going to dispense with the pleasantries. And we just going to give you, we just going to pound your flesh with the craziest shit. I fucking like Zeus. I'm sorry. I I like Zeus. I had a conversation with somebody who had just finished filming something on Zeus, and they hear the way that she talked about it. And and how they did her, knowing what's like some of her weaknesses were and the situation they put her in. She did not know she was walking into that. I was just like, I feel it's too much. It's too much. I It probably is some shit like that going on over at Zeus. But I will say that I got a big jar of coconut oil right here. <laughs> I'm staying hydrated. But I, but I will say that that's kind of the, the MO for all of these places, if you ask me. But- I can't say anything about that because shout out to Hip Hop Homicide coming out November 3rd. Mona Scott Young and 50 Cent. Bring her on. <laughs> I love them. Oh, I love. I would yeah, love to have Mona Are we going to promote Hip Hop Homicides? No, 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 we're not. We're not bringing Mona on. We're not bringing 50 on. Stop. We're not bringing Philip McHarris on. We're not bringing Philip Agnew on. We're not bringing Gary Chambers on. We're not bringing oh, no, we none have, of my friends. We got to have Gary Chambers. Can't have Gary on now. Gary's my friend. You guys don't get Gary Chambers. I'll, you know what? I'll talk to Gary on my Instagram live or I'll I'll bring back the red pill. You you're guys doing, can't have Gary Chambers You're doing Gary anymore. a disservice, okay? He's trying to get elected. No, I'm not. Yeah. Me and Gary about to do all kinds of shit. Gary is the man, the future of my state. Donnie, book Love up. Gary. Already working book on him. it. <laughs> Donnie. Doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> okay. All right. Big deal of the day. Alex Jones. $1 billion. Sandy Hook on the other side of it. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello 
help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Okay, so we talked about Alex Jones before. And, oh. I'm sorry. Would you like to press play and just go ahead and listen to this? Wrong. That was my fault. I'm sorry, Rachel. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I'll start over. Okay. Big deal of the day. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, we talked about him before on this podcast. He's been ordered to pay nearly $1 billion, $965 million to be exact, in damages to the family of eight Sandy Hook elementary school shooting victims and to an FBI agent for falsely claiming that the December 14th, 2012 massacre in Newtown was staged. Um, interesting enough, Jones, we saw him testify. We saw him eventually. Did he apologize or just admit he was wrong? I guess it's the same thing. He kind of he, he kind of did both, uh, but that was only after it was obvious that his balls were getting nailed to the wall. Right. He tried to be as defiant as he possibly could. But right. He just clean ran out of hubris, baby. Right. If you watched any of it, you saw him being very challenging while he was in the witness stand, very combative with the attorneys that were were questioning him during trial, and you thought for a second maybe. You know, he ran out of gas. Maybe he had enough. He admitted that he was wrong, um, seemed to take some responsibility for it. And now the jury has come back with the damages. And at the same time that they had come back with this $965 million in damages to these families and to this FBI agent, he was simultaneously hosting from his show InfoWars which is the show that got him in the very trouble that he's in now. So he was watching the verdict being, um, in regards to the damages, being read live and commentating on it. Donnie, can you give us that audio, please? Ain't going to be happening. Ain't no money. Our verdict as to damages in this case, we award damages to each plaintiff and against Alex Jones and Free. I killed the kids, folks. Number one, compensatory damages. Instructions. Now remember, I'm in bankruptcy. We got two years of appeals. The money you donate does not go to these people. It goes to fight this fraud, and it goes to stabilize the company. They want to shut down. That's why the the, 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 the the ambulance chasers did this, why they use these families. So saveinfowars.com. We're fighting Goliath. We'll win because of you. Saveinfowars.com, infowarstore.com. Double Patriot points, 10% off of 1776 right now at M4 Store. But you see, you want somebody to fight for you? I'm doing it, and you see what they do. So you want we want to fight? That's fine. It's your decision. But that's where we are. That's the whacked-out system of the left. Can I ask you something? Yes, you can. Because there's a part of this that I understand to a great deal. I understand the social ramifications of misinformation like this, mm-hmm. uh, disinformation like this, lies like this being penalized. Um, to the tune of a billion dollars, I think it sends a clear signal. Yep. And I think that's positive. I think this is positive. I think what happened to Tasha Kay um, with Cardi B, it shows that sometimes people aren't going to, if you guys don't remember, uh, there was a YouTube blogger named Tasha Kay who had said some things about Cardi B that were 
demonstrably false. She was sued. She had to pay. I don't have anything against Tasha K. But what I'm saying is, if you put something out there that's false, people are going to come back um, and get their get back. And I think that's probably the best way to regulate some of the misinformation that you can see on some of these social media platforms. But what I don't know about is how this works. $965 million he has to pay or he's been ordered to pay. Does this judgment effectively mean that Alex Jones will never be a rich man again? I mean, I can't say, but I would like to think so. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he can appeal this. I don't know if he will appeal this. I don't know. Um, I, the jury decided this, but I don't know if this is a situation where the judge can change the amount of money. Like uh-huh. sometimes that the jury will award one thing, but the judge will actually change it to a lesser amount. I don't know. But Alex Jones seems to think that that's the case because as he was commentating, as you just heard, he was when he laughed it off when this amount was awarded and basically said, well, OK, I don't have it. And then he was then asking his followers to give him money. So he can pay it because this wasn't about him. This was about all of us. If this can happen to me, it can happen to any of us. And so you have to send me money so I can pay this off to make a statement to make. I I mean, I guess that's what he was trying to say. Huh? So I guess my question is, how does this work? Are you like, I know that. Okay. For example, Jordan Belfort, Mm -hmm. the the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go to Jordan Belfort's Wikipedia right now. Okay. After everything that happened with Jordan Belfort, how much money do you think he's worth? A couple million. How much? Okay. So this is how much money Jordan Belfort is worth. Let me look it up real quick. And I, I, I saw this on Wikipedia one time. And I was very interested in it. Uh, Jordan Belfort is worth like negative $200 million or something oh. like that. Okay. <laughs> and and the reason why he's worth that is because he owes like a shit ton of restitution to the United States government that he can't pl- that he can't pay. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering and that is, you know, legally binding, you know what I mean? I know guys who had to pay restitution back in the day, you know who you are. I'm not going to bring up your personal business, but but he did. Shouldn't shouldn't have been shouldn't have been stealing from Dillard's. Not Dillard's. Dillard's, oh no, Parisian. It was Parisian. Dillard's became Parisian. So shouldn't have been doing it. We all took part, but you got caught. You you took one for the team. An admission um, of guilt. <laughs> well, statue of limitations. Statue? Is it stat I used to always think it was statue of limitations. I like know a lot of a people statue. a lot of people do. Um but I wasn't stealing. This person worked you were at the, the Parisian lookout? and he was no no. This person worked at Parisian and he was giving us clothes on a discount. I think we <laughs> yeah. all had a friend that did that for us. And it was so on crazy. The- and then it got caught, but then had to pay restitution, restitution, restitution. So is this the same type of thing where he's compelled to pay this money before he can make bread anywhere else? Like, how does that work? Well, like, I don't, I don't know how that I, works. I, I don't know specifically, but I, whatever amount is the final amount, whether it's nine sixty five or less, I don't think that every dollar he makes is going to be taken. But I don't think that he can ever be a rich man, which is why he reacted that way in that clip. I don't think. I mean, hmm. unless he comes up on a bill, a billion. 
if you are the oh, so Jordan Belfort's net worth is seen to be negative $100 million. You got to make a living. You got to be able to survive. But so I, don't that's, that's an, I don't know if there's an allowance that's set, you know, like you're given a certain amount, like how much money do you need to survive? I, I have no, I, I have no idea how that works. So if you claim bankruptcy, can, if you, if you can, if you claim bankruptcy, can you avoid all of that stuff? Can you not pay it? How does it work? Well, no. I mean, according to what we have here, his uh, uh, an economist said that his company is worth 270 million. So, I mean, if he does go bankrupt and they start liquidating everything, I think that that would take an amount away from that. But he's still going to be on the hook for whatever the final amount is. But I would imagine that he has some sort of allowance that allows him to live. And then every other dollar goes towards that. So. When I think about this, I think about the difference between winning and s- stopping losing. And those are two different things. Winning is a triumph. It's a victory. It's an el- it's elation, right? Mm-hmm. The Sandy Hook families didn't win. They finally stopped losing. Very true. And I think it's important to remember that... Um, as we remember Sandy Hook and as we sort of put into context who Alex Jones is and what exactly this was, what really should happen is Alex Jones should be thrown in jail, had his legs pulled apart and have someone kick him in the nuts for the next 15 years Hmm. to take the, to take the pain of families that lost their children. Yeah. And, engineer lies and um, fabricate things in order to build a $100 million fortune uh, is just the worst parts of America, the worst parts of humanity. And Alex Jones has proven himself, whatever kooky believes that you want to, you know, to be one of the worst human beings that's on the face of the planet. Absolutely. And he's, and he's done that not because he has bad ideas, but because he hurt people. Mm. So, um, you know, I know that they they won, but hopefully, they can have a little bit of uh, a little respite from just the a little closure, immeasurable loss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That they that they've had. Um. Okay, we have an interview coming up. We told you we'd give it to you. Interview is with journalist Nikki Mayo, who had a big problem with, with God you. Damn. Yeah, with me. No, no. With our with our interview. With, with, our, with our podcast. No, no, no. Big problem with the podcast. We we couldn't interview all of you guys that had a problem with the podcast, but we thought we'd bring somebody on that had an issue with it. Um, and we're going to give that to you up next. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, 
Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hi, learning audience. We have a special guest <laughs> in, uh, in the building right now, Nikki Mayo, who is a multimedia journalist for NikkiMayoNews.com, The Crisis Magazine, Black Women Unmuted, and TV One, formerly of the Associated Press, Philadelphia Tribune, and BET, amongst others. Wow. Donnie has in here former question mark thought warrior. Um, I'm not. I what, still love y'all. That's what Donnie, that's what Donnie has. Your everybody's friend Donnie is, is Captain question person. mark in there. I wasn't sure. You, you weren't all. sure. Um I'm still a thought warrior. I'm still looking for you know mountain lion and random scenarios. So I'm still here with you guys. Nikki and I had a back and forth on Twitter. I thought it was very uh I thought it was a very uh productive, nourishing back and forth. Um, and the reason why I invited her to be on the show right now, thank you for joining us, by the way, Nikki, is because I think that mm-hmm. some of her um, some of her her concerns probably echo a lot of what the audience was feeling after last week's right. show, particularly the Jack McClinton interview. So, Nikki, thank you for, sh- for, for, for coming on the show. Do you want to kind of just start with what your criticisms of the interview were or what it was that you said or how, how it is that you're feeling? And then we can kind of talk this out. Sure. So I've been in advocacy for images of black people in media since 99, not making it up. You can Google it and find photos of me protesting stuff. That said, I love the emergence of podcasts, good, bad and indifferent lately. And I get nervous when I see a show that I love go off the rails or look like it's about to jump the shark. And that's what I saw. Like the podcast was good. Like you were sitting there. If you even listened to like that first part, that was fine. That was solid. That was normal higher learning. Then we went to Jack and we're going to ask him about something that he's not intellectually capable of talking about. He doesn't have the tools for it. And I'm wondering like, why did you even book him? What was the purpose of this conversation? I didn't find it to be fruitful. It was a waste of time along the lines of that Rush Limbaugh and the Breakfast Club interview. Uh, it just wasn't doing what, in my mind, I'm like, wow, I identify and enjoy this show. It's infotainment. But all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, is this the direction we're about to go in? And if so, okay, thanks for the warning. I'm out. Hmm. Mm. Um, did you think that the the interview itself was indicative of a direction of higher learning or was it what what like the podcast as a whole or what what's making the turn to say we've had one interview and now this is the direction direction of the show because i've seen this happen like i've seen a show i mean obviously you read my bio and everything i've been a producer multiple times and on national shows too that were geared on talking we know about that combative uh we're gonna spar and frankly, I'd rather just see video of you sparring in the gym than doing that. That was not the direction. And I've seen hosts say, all right, we're doing good, but now we got to ramp it up. Let's bring in people that are inflammatory 
and then let's just have a sparring match. And that's going to be our format. And that's not what I tune into higher learning to watch or listen to. So I think that was the thing for me. And first off, let me just say about Jack. I don't, I think that, well, Van says it at the, in that interview at the I very, explain exactly the, at the ex- very, exactly why Jack is on the show. Right, yeah. right. So it, he was on for one thing. No one could have predicted that that conversation would have turned that way. And I think in, in true higher learning form, you know, I, well, I checked out, but I think Van kept the conversation going and combated the things that Jack was saying. So I, I, but, but that's, I'll, I'll save that part for, for something else. I think what bothered me when I saw the, the back and forth with you and Van is that you were generalizing our podcast in comparison to maybe what you've seen as something else. And I think if you are a thought warrior and you've listened to us over two plus years, you know exactly who we are. And we, you know, this was an interview that, neither one of us could see going a certain way. And even myself and I, I kind of come to a, I guess a, a realization after it's over that I hated it while I was in it, but then talking it out, it was like, so many, there are a lot of people who think this way and it's not an invitation for all those people who think that way to come on. But if that, that conversation happens on our podcast, let's address it and talk about it. You made it seem like we shouldn't have even be having those conversations. And so I guess my question to you, I went about it in a long way is, is like, why do you think we should not address those type of conversations or, cause I, I wouldn't say we entertained it cause we didn't know it was going to go there. We would have never invited him on to have that conversation. But once it was in front of us, mm-hmm. we, de- I felt like we handled it in a higher learning way, or at least Van did. Well, intent is very important. And yeah, I mean, both of you are knowledgeable enough to have the conversation that apparently you weren't intending on having. You were ready for that conversation. The viewer, the listener does not know what your intent is. They are just tuning in. In many cases, this might be their first time seeing you or hearing you. And that's something to always keep in mind that the takeaways, I mean, listen, we li- we work and live in sound bites, right? So what do you hear? Oh, and all of a sudden that's what you associate that brand, that person's brand with, and you may not even know them. You may not Google them really fast. You're just like, yeah, didn't they have that crazy guy on there talking about there's no racism anywhere else, but he didn't know what apartheid was? Like, you have to keep that in mind. This is a very quick, viewers sound, they have choices as to where they can go. Y'all know that. So I know your brand. I was like, I was there for it. I even like made a list. I was curious, like, what are the top podcasts that I listen to? And you guys came in at number three. So I'm like, Wow. So I know the power of my voice and I use it strategically to just like, hello, reminder, don't forget who you are. You guys are dope. People are tuning into you regularly because we're like championing you guys. And then I'll tell you like a backstory later on, but either way, the key thing is that I know your brand, but I also know the combination of, yo, get the people going, let's get some sparring on here. And if it's going to be sparring, can it be about things that are not going to directly impact our black community because that was like that was not what i'm used to seeing with you all if anything i'm used to you guys talking about that and then you know having an intellectual conversation but not inviting somebody who's not ready for that type of a conversation to uh your podcast can i just say something really quick as a follow-up and i just thought about this i just thought about this as you were saying this we have actually interviewed someone before 
And we chose not to publish an interview. I don't don't know if you recall this man, Mm -hmm. but they were spewing out such misinformation that that was very harmful at a time when people were seeking information in Mm -hmm. regards to what was happening in our country in 2020. This was the COVID era that we said we're not even going to put it. I mean, we're still in the COVID era, but you know what I mean? At the height of it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, and we decided not to put it on. So we aren't that podcast. Right. Uh, but I think that if something is in front of us, we're also not one to back away from it. We're going to have the higher learning conversation. Oh, no, you definitely had the higher learning conversation. It's only that uh, one of the three people involved was not prepared for that. So, and it so, was not looking good for him, put it that way. Yeah. So th- this is this is my issue with a lot of the criticism that's been out there is a couple of things. Number one. We did the interview and we immediately knew what the interview was. And so I attempted on the podcast, I anticipated this. So I contextualized for people exactly why Jack was on there. Jack is somebody that I played basketball with for years, right? And that's how I know him. I hope with Jack. I play basketball with Jack. Um, I did not know what views that Jack held. Jack says that on my Instagram, I go back at Jack and then all of a sudden, he's everywhere. He calls me up. He's like, man, I think people are misunderstanding me, bro. And I'm like, oh, how are they misunderstanding you? He's like, yo, man, um, like I know you have a podcast. I would like to come on your podcast and for everybody that's on there, sort of explain myself. No pre-interview, Jack. Bring Jack on. We do the interview. I come out and I challenge people to listen to it because of how it is. I do what I need to do as a host is be responsible with my listenership and say, hey, this interview that you guys are about to hear is going to be challenging for a lot of you guys, okay? Then even after the interview was over at the end of the show, I once again come on there and talk to the audience again. Listen, I understand that sometimes we do interviews and we come on the show. Maybe this isn't the best direction of our show and this interview proves it. So I make sure that I do one well, disclaimer at the top and the bottom. So you're assuming that the consumer is listening to the entire thing. Well, I would, I would, cons- I would, what I would, what I would assume is that mm-hmm. if you had a strong reaction, this is me, maybe not for everyone else. I, what I would assume is that if you had a strong reaction to something that you listen to it in its entirety, but the, the, the reactor, the, the fact that matters, not everybody is as thorough, but to be honest with you, see the fact that people didn't do that, that right there is akin to who Jack is. Jack came on the podcast and was ready to have a conversation about issues and concepts that he hadn't fully interrogated. You see me, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm not the dumbest. But when I do delve into something and and move to talk about something, I've done my best to understand it. And so the only thing I can do in this position where this is a unique interview, right? And by the way, this is not an an interview with somebody who has a platform talking about these issues. I was in I was in DC doing CBC. And when I was in DC on the CBC panel, they were talking about why black men, certain black men are being are are, are voting Republican in higher numbers and what we had to do to combat it. And the first thing I said to the people on the panel well, the first thing you have to do is engage them and talk to them because a lot of the people that are in the community don't have a fucking clue what it is that they're talking about. They're spewing things, giving stuff back out. The nigga was on here talking about the printing press. Like he's uneducated. So, yeah, so, so, lost, yeah. so, so to me, 
pretending, number one, that he doesn't exist or that it's offensive to talk to somebody who has less knowledge than you is peculiar. And then secondly, once I understood that that was a shit show of interview, I felt bad for him. I wanted to make sure that my audience understood it was a tough interview for us. It was a tough interview for him. We tagged it at the top and the bottom to assure people that this is not typically what we do. I'm not sure what else we can do. Or you could have not run it. But why wouldn't we run it, though? What's the reason for getting? Um, I mean, fine. If he's not the regular Candace Owens, you know, she he's not out there regularly doing this. Fine. But why run it now if you think that this would possibly be detrimental to your friend? Well, it would. Well, number one, I think he needs it. So I, it, as far as when I said I felt bad for him, I didn't mean that I had any sympathy. Those are two different things. Feeling bad, he, feel, feeling. He needs what though? I'm, I'm not understanding like, what does he need? Cause that I mean, that just oh, he needs to, to like, like, like he, the, he need, he the need, public response to that. Like no. I didn't know who he was until your show. Yeah. I'm heartbroken that he's from Baltimore, by the way. Yeah. So he, I'm just sitting here confused <laughs> out of my mind. Like, I don't know if that was the catharticism. I don't no, know no, if that's no, cathartic no, no. or whatever. No, no. I'm trying it's to figure the, out what he no, needs. No, no, no. Listen to me. This is what I mean to say. If you ask to get in the ring right now, Jack's Jack's ideas, mm-hmm. the guy that we're talking about, the interview we didn't run, he was spreading COVID misinformation. He was a doctor that we booked, and then we didn't understand he was spreading COVID information. We can't we can't spread COVID mis- misinformation. We can't do that. We can't be that type of podcast. This though, this to me, for I felt bad for him that he put himself in that position, but I didn't feel any sympathy. Guy's 37 years old. So mm-hmm. in so in that situation, we have to be better. And we also have to be a community that pushes each other to be better and be more knowledgeable on these things that affect us. And to me, I think the interview at the end of it was narratively was good because what I'm going to do for Jack now is I'm going to go into my my he's open. I'm going to go into my room. I'm going to go into my bookshelf. And I'm going to provide him with some knowledge to better help him contextualize his world because I care about how educated people are about their society. I don't think that anybody should be offended by it. If you're annoyed, that's one thing. But I don't understand why people would be offended by that type of discourse. I think it's because right now gatekeeping is a big conversation, correct? Like we're always saying like, well, who has access to say, well, who can do what, right? And at the same token, because that's cutesy stuff, it could be like, okay, we're allowed to have black women doing majorette stuff at a PWI. You know, you guys talked about that before. But then with gatekeeping with stuff that could possibly turn dangerous, like fine, Kanye, we all have described this, we've all decided that there's not a lot that's gonna come from that, but the white lives only part, the all lives mattering of the conversation that you guys were unfortunately having, it was like, oh God, we're about to go back. And as a person has, I think we've all were kind of in newsrooms of some type covering between 2012, 13, 14, 15, you know, all of the the police dash cam videos and stuff. We don't need to be playing devil's advocate right now. We're not out of that time yet. So yeah, I'm one of those people that is a little sensitive about, okay, we're getting into this all lives matter territory and not in a good way. And I didn't even know who Jack was, but then to Google who he was, I was like, Oh gosh. And now it's another athlete saying this too. Like, so he's going to have an impressionable, like I'm thinking about the far reaching impact, not the one little conversation we're having right now, because words matter. This is a massive platform right here. So thank you for having me on here. But the responsibility in this platform is what I am most concerned about. 
So I don't know if you want to get stuck on, but she was offended, but me more about the fact that I'm very concerned. You have such an awesome program. And what we saw there, this, it did not feel like your normal mission and messaging. So that's why I was like, yeah. yo, I don't know about but, this moment. But, right but, uh, real quick, Rachel, the, the purpose of our prep platform is not to pretend like bad ideas don't exist. Okay. Like it, like, and, and 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 this is for anybody that's listening. Like, the purpose of our platform is not to pretend like bad ideas don't exist. The purpose of our platform is to interrogate them for the reasons that they're bad. And for me, if that means talking to somebody with bad ideas, he didn't even have bad ideas. He didn't have any ideas, right? So, so, so it does. It doesn't even matter if it's him or somebody else. I, I don't care about that. And by the way. I was in a bunch of those newsrooms, broke a bunch of those stories. I've had this conversation in all white spaces almost my entire life. So for me, especially the fact that he's black and for people to understand that there isn't, we're not all on the same page. We have more work to do and to talk about just how some of us are being duped. He, a lot of the stuff that was coming out of his mouth, he thought that it was well thought out. So mm -hmm. I guess my thing is I don't see any value in protecting people from ideas that are actually out there. I mean, I wouldn't subject anyone to any misinformation, any disinformation. I wouldn't subject anyone to any abuse. If he was on here talking bad about black women, if he was on here talking down on the community, if he was on here doing, I'm not going to su subject my audience to any abuse, but to stupidity and bad ideas, that's the world we live in. Rachel, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. I I was just going to say, you know, you talk about us having Jack on here and you didn't know who Jack was. But I think what's important is that and you kind of really just touched on it and what you just said, man. And what I was going to say is it doesn't have to be Jack. I think what was so I felt was important about that conversation is that there are a lot of jacks. And if we ignore that line of thinking and just say, we're not going to, we're not going to even address it or talk about it because it's illogical or it's not founded in any kind of reason or any truth. I think that that's problematic because there are a lot of jacks. And so for me, I thought it was a great opportunity for us since we are here. We didn't plan on having this conversation. But since we are here, let's have this conversation and maybe not only it helps Jack, but it helps someone else on how to confront a Jack when they come into contact with him or realize there are other Jacks out here with these problematic views that hurt our community. I didn't think it was promoting Jack's ideas. I really didn't. But well, you're saying I'm not saying you that think it promotes, it didn't. but it does inherently give him more notice. It gives him. Like, I don't know what his social media following is already there. So it's like, yeah, he's going to bump, but it's not going to be phenomenal. He's not going to go viral. Sadly, he's going viral for that, but he's not going to like be known, hopefully, as Mr. Uh, the newest alt-right attentive or uh, he I don't think he's going to take that role. If that doesn't sound like who he is. I don't know. I mean, if that was my friend, I probably wouldn't have put them. I probably would have cut it early. I mean, I, I, mean I, I mean, my I, ears were ringing and I've been like, just, yeah, just let's stop this. Let's I'm a, wrap it. I'm going to be real with you. That's not my style. I, I, first of all, I tell everybody something. I, I tell you, I tell everybody something. Everybody, uh, I don't check the Reddit and the Facebook anymore, but you guys, you guys are all literally one interesting statement from being invited on this show. Like if, if you really have an issue 
that like you really want to get off your chest, I democratize the opinion. See, because where I'm from, just to be just just to be real with you, where I'm from, like I didn't really have a choice in the people that I loved or the people who are around me who protected me. So it's some killers that I love. It's some drug dealers that I love. It's some people who went to jail for domestic violence that I love. My only job in in their life is to try to be somebody that shows them that there is a better, more functional way for themselves and their community, right? Me and Jack had never had one conversation about politics. We talk about basketball. We talk about fashion. He wears crazy clothes and he's very fashion forward. We had never had that one conversation. But when we had that conversation on on IG, I'm like, oh shit. And then we go back and forth. I felt bad that he went viral in. He hits me up and I'm like, hey, just to let you, I warned him about Rachel. I said, yo, I said, if you come on this podcast, and you don't have your shit together, Rachel gonna eat you up. So, but see all of that, once you're here, if you're not, if, if, cool. Once you, once, once you're here, if you're not in any way injuring our audience, like you're in the lion's den, you gotta be able to stick, you, you gotta be able to back up the shit that you're talking about. He couldn't. We move on. The guests that we've had, We've very rarely had a guest that the audience was happy with. We've talked to academics. If they don't like the academics <laughs> ideas, they're not happy. We've talked to people in other countries. If they don't, they're not happy. It's not about that. It's about kind of the ethos that 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 we feel like is nourishing. But like I said, we'll never do that again. You have to go. I'll give you the last word, Nikki. I appreciate your show. I still am a thought warrior. And um, I really do love the fact that we have so many spaces that do not center whiteness in our conversation, but seem to be more about us and how we are developing as a nation. So I appreciate you guys for just continuing your show and being amazing. And I hope, I really do hope and pray that um, every show that you do reflects what higher learning is supposed to be about. Thank you so much. We appreciate yes, you. And yeah. we're glad we didn't lose you. So thank you yes, so much. Love you. Thank we're glad. you. Go Syracuse. I see thank you. <laughs> I see that in the back. Thank you so much, Nikki. All Nikki, right, Nikki go, we'll, we'll have you we'll have you back on to talk about entertainment, like all of that kind of stuff. We'll have you back on. Like so re- reach back out to Donnie. We'll we'd love to have you back. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race. A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right, what do you think about Nikki? I think it's great. Nikki's still with us, you know, for a second. I like based, based on her tweets, I thought we were going to lose her. But yeah. I like that she was bold enough to come on the podcast to say what she thought. You know, that that takes a lot. To be able to say, listen, I don't agree with what you did. I don't like it. Don't do it again. She basically, yeah. she basically said, don't do it again. But I definitely yeah. like her. She's, she's a sore. And I, look, we yeah. appreciate your opinions. We're thought warriors. It's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. But, I, but I, I just want to say this. We will probably have another Jack on the podcast. Damn. 
And came I from Rachel. And That's going to hurt y'all heart. But I don't mean that. Like, it's not that we're intentionally, we're not, because I, I think what I took a little bit offense to, what I, offense to when I was reading the tweets is, don't make, don't put us on the level as, as um, like that um, Fab Fit podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they just say stuff to say Fresh stuff. They yeah. bring people on. Right. That's not us. And so, right. so, to, we might do something that you don't like, and we probably will do that again, but it does not define our podcast as a whole. So that's why I'm saying, you guys, we're probably going to, we didn't purposely try to have a jack on, but it happened. It's probably going to happen again. Just trust us to handle it in the higher learning way. And if you don't like it, you can talk shit about us on social and and Reddit like you do. You're going to talk shit whether you like it or not. Hey, you know what? I like Nikki. Oh, yeah. And the reason why I made that face is because when you said she was brave enough to come in, I for some reason, I don't think bravery is something that that sister has an issue with. No. Um, I, would, I would love to have her back. Not a love Delta. To have her back. Not a Delta. I, That's what we do. So you're telling me all Deltas are courageous. The ones I know. If all deltas are courageous, then why then why wasn't what? a delta? No, wh- wh- why, what? Why wasn't one? Why wasn't one brave enough to be in the White House, like the AKAs? Uh, brave enough to be in the White House? It's the not AKAs that they're not brave enough to House. be in the White House. You know what the deltas were brave enough to do? See that what was happening what? over there with the AKAs wasn't right. You about to start some shit. So they decided to say, you know what? You about to start some Let's shit. Let's get this right. You about to start. And then about, the okay, year I heard, of nineteen thirteen, they got uh-huh. it right. I hear a lot of people <laughs> saying two words. I hear a lot of people saying eternal ivies. <laughs> I hate you know that. <laughs> I went to Southern. I know all of this Greek shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Supreme Court will not take the case of a black death row inmate convicted by an all white jury. The Supreme Court on Tuesday turned away a black death row inmate's appeal that he did not get a fair trial because several jurors, jurors had expressed opposition to interracial relationships, prompting Justice Sonia Sotomayor to suggest that the conviction may have been tainted. The overwhelming uh, majority conservative court's decision not to hear, excuse me, the majority conservative court's decision not to hear the case over the dissent of Sotomayor and the two other judges, liberal judges, leaves in place Andre Thomas's conviction and death sentence for murdering his stepdaughter in a gruesome attack, uh, his estranged son, wife, who was white, and their son. During the selection process, according to Thomas's lawyers, three jurors expressed disapproval of interracial marriage, with one saying it was against God's will and another explaining we should stay within our bloodline. Classic. Third juror said that interracial relationships harm children because they do not have a specific race to belong to. Mm. The prosecutor implored the jury to impose the death sentence lest they risk having Thomas, who had dated multiple white women in the past, ask your daughter out or your granddaughter out. Jesus Christ. After watching the string of girls that came up here, are you going to take that chance that this man is going to kill uh, one of those women? Okay. What's your thoughts on this? I'm sick. I'm sick about this because if you know anything about this case, first of all, this happened in Texas. I knew it even before. Like, as of, of course, this man had a trial in 2005 in front of an all white jury. 
How does that still happen in 2005? How as a defense attorney do you let that happen for your client? I, this is such a clear violation of a, of the sixth amendment. I do not understand how, and it, it just shows the times that we're living in, in the Supreme Court that we're under. I don't understand how the Supreme Court decided this way. It is such a clear violation. Furthermore, okay, so when you're picking a jury, you have what's called, you have challenges, right? Uh-huh. So you're standing there in void dire. That's how we say it in Texas, or it's really void dire. But you're standing there in front of a jury. Why are you looking at me like that? What the hell is that word? What is vor dire? You know what? Oh, 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 we're going legal. Donnie, give me the sound. <laughs> okay. First of all, you've got challenges that you can make, right? Uh-huh. So you give your spiel, spiel in front of a jury. You're questioning them. You're asking questions. The first time that they meet you, this is really where they teach you, you win the case. You win the case in this part before trial even starts because they're getting to know you. You're putting on a show. You're asking the right questions. So you're able to challenge jurors. You have a certain number of challenges. It's called a perempt, peremptory, peremptory. I'm saying this right. Peremptory challenge. I don't know why I struggle saying this. In Texas, when the death penalty is on the table, you have 15 of these challenges. Each side gets them. And that means that you can, you can let somebody go off the jury for whatever reason that you want. Okay. Hmm. For whatever reason. I don't like, you're wearing a gray shirt. I don't like it. I don't even have to explain it. I'm just going to say, I want to, you're, you're juror number three. I want you off just because I don't like gray shirts. Okay. You get 15, mm-hmm. you get 15 of those without explaining, but then you have, you can challenge for cause if it fits under a certain category, right? There's several different reasons why, but one of those reasons is if the juror has a bias or prejudice in favor or against the defendant. So when you ask a question to a juror, a potential juror, how do you feel about interracial relationships? And they respond in one of these ways. It shows that there is a clear bias to the defendant because he was in an interracial relationship and ended up murdering his estranged wife and their children. So how do you not strike this person? For cause, how does, how do, how do multiple jurors who think this way make it onto a jury? You could have, as a defense attorney, I have no idea how you didn't ask to strike them for cause or how even a judge didn't get involved in this. It's so obvious. It's just like textbook. And the fact that the Supreme Court is reading all of this and still can determine that this man got a fair trial when at the very beginning in jury selection, this was done the wrong way. And he clearly had an incompetent lawyer because the lawyer did not challenge this. This it it makes me it makes me so upset that time in multiple time, excuse me, in multiple step uh, steps in this case this defendant was failed. And that's not even mentioning the fact that he pulled out his eye and then years later pulled out another eye and ate it. And they found that he was insane at the time, but the prosecutor said he was insane because he had cough medicine at the time that he killed them. And that's what gave him irrational behavior, not because he is mentally insane, because that's what he's, he pled uh, uh, not guilty by reason of mental insanity or for reasons of insanity donnie you there 
I'm here. Don't you love when the eagle flies? It's the best. It's that that was some like that was some fucking good legaling right there. That might have been Look, the best so far. That was I personally think that was the greatest eagle moment of ever time. Stop. Stop. I learned so fucking much. I ain't know none of this shit. The only thing I learned about a jury selection I watched in that movie, The Devil's Advocate. And he was he was getting people out of there because of their shoes. Look at that. Look at their shoes. Look at their shoes. Get out of there. And you uh, could do that's that. Amazing. You, so, I mean, there's no recourse here. Look, um, I don't know too much about the facts of this case. I, I briefly read over it a little bit. So I'm not sure about whether or not this gentleman right here is innocent or guilty of this crime as far as my particular determination. I do know, though, that that doesn't matter in terms of what we're talking about. What matters is whether or not he got a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to to argue that he did uh, if the jury was was uh, was operating with those sort of biases. Um, I agree. I agree with everything that Rachel said. Supreme Court as a whole sucks. You don't like him? Well, I mean, this is just so obvious. Like this man yeah. literally is standing, has, he has no eyes. He's clear, he literally is not right. And you can't even hear this case? Well, I mean, to let everybody know, I'm, we're having a, I'm having a good friend of mine on the podcast Monday, Brett Kavanaugh, will be joining us on Higher Learning. Uh, your, your friend is back from Mississippi. Did you see this? Stop. I, oh, guy. I guess. If, like Brett, if Brett is your friend, then this Brett's mine. Uh, two Bretts. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre said he's been treated unfairly. In the coverage of a Mississippi welfare scandal, including payments that he may have received as part of help uh, a volleyball facility built at Southern Miss. He says, I've been unjustly smeared (laughs) in the media. In a statement to who? Fox News. (laughs) I've done nothing wrong. It's past time to set the record straight. No one ever told me, and I did not know, that funds designated for welfare recipients were going to the university or to me. Favre said, I tried to help my alma mater, USM, a public Mississippi State University, raise funds for a wellness center. My goal was, and always will be, to improve the athletic facilities at my university. Favre is not facing any criminal charges. He is among more than three dozen people or companies being sued by the Mississippi Department of Human services okay mississippi auditor shad white a republican who has investigated the well the welfare misspending took exception with what Favre said it's a republican god damn elephant obviously mr Favre knew that he was being paid in government funds based on the text white told the associated press on tuesday he knew that those funds were coming from the department of human services He's obviously acknowledged that he needed to repay those funds too because Favre, of course, has repaid $1.1 million that he received uh, from the t- the TANF fund. Rachel? What am I, supposed, what am I supposed to say here? I, I mean, I, I, I don't listen, know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know. Brett hired Eric Hirschman as his attorney, mm. a former Trump advisor. This is a man who, did he testify for Jan- January 6th committee? I think he did. I think he did. He's definitely been involved. I mean, he turned and he let he no longer is with Trump. But still, this is a man who used to advise Donald Trump. Brett is desperate. Brett knows at this point 
He's looking real guilty right now. Let go of whoever attorney, whatever attorney he had before, and he hired Eric. Listen, Brett is so guilty. The evidence is there. The evidence is so, it's, yes, you knew. We know you knew. You didn't want the media involved. You know, you, you were, you were trying to bribe them. I'm going to give you stock for this. Where like, yeah. it's so obvious that you're guilty. Because, so it's like, what else was he going to say? What else was he going to say? And did he say something like this was long overdue? I've waited long enough to say it. Brett, <laughs> Brett, you're guilty. I, 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 have, I have to talk to Brett Favre real quick. Talk to him. Brett, you're 53. Yes. You literally were born, like, Brett, you literally were born a couple of months before Jay-Z. Brett Favre was born October 10th, 1969. Brett Favre, uh, Jay-Z was born December 4th, 1969. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre and Jay-Z, born within two months of each other. Think about the perception of Jay-Z right now. Mm-hmm. A beloved cultural icon. Some mm-hmm. people have problems with him, rightly so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what does he do? He he dies off of both. I have issues with him because of certain things and the way he treated certain people and the way things came out with a certain deal in the NFL. Whatever. Whatever. But what I'm saying is that shout out to Colin and Nessa. But what like what like but but what uh what I'm saying is that people love him. He has a lot of time left to be loved, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Brett Favre is 53. That's a long time to live with people knowing that you are a complete piece of shit. That's a long time to be on this earth. You're still a relatively young man. Brett, you can still stop. Okay? You can be changed in Mississippi. You have a choice right now, Brett. Right now, if you want to be a good son of Mississippi, if you want to be a good citizen of this earth, accept responsibility for what you did, use your celebrity and your power to affect the systems in Mississippi that com- that continue to short the poor and working people of that state, be a part of the solutions, not just in Hattiesburg, but in all over the state. Mm-hmm. Be what people think you are. Be what your reputation says you are. Because right now you're not that. No one is stupid. The Republican auditor isn't stupid. We're not stupid. Uh-uh. And Wolf isn't stupid. No one is stupid. You took the shit. You knew where it came from. Uh-huh. And you had a very clear goal. Uh-huh. It's not too late for you to learn a lesson. Even if you have to get slapped on your on your neck legally, sit back, unbutton your Wranglers. Don't show nothing to nobody. Sit back, unbutton your Wranglers, relax, and think about not who you are as a football player, but who you are as a person. Because this shit right here is some of the worst shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I also want to make sure that all of the sports networks, Fox, ESPN, series, stop like holding in all of them understand exactly what a fall from grace this is. And they treat it accordingly. All right. And they treat it accordingly. So huge it's fall from grace. That, it's sad that it's that we're saying that this is a fall from grace when this man did what he did with the dick pics. You're right. 
He's been, I, he's already, he's been sorry. fallen. He's, I mean, he's, he's he fallen fell. already. Yeah, like. He needs to crawl to some grace. I'm sorry, Rachel. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. But this is a man who's, who hasn't taken accountability, really, it seems like, ever for his scandals. So, no, shocking that he doesn't know how to take accountability right now. Mm. Let's check in on racism around the globe. Here in Los Angeles, the L.A. City Council, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, but former Los Angeles City Council President Nuri Martinez resigned from her seat on Wednesday. Get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, she was the first to do so um, when she after being heard or overheard taking part in a leaked conversation that featured racist remarks and disparaging comments about the colleagues. Now, has have the other two resigned yet, Donnie? Not as of this recording. No, not as of this recording. The other two of these guys are Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon. Let's run the audio. Yeah, let's go take them. Yes. Yeah, I see a lot of little short, dark people. Yeah, little Oaxacan. Little Koreans. <laughs> Not even like Kevin, little ones. I don't know what village they came out of here, but. And they're so wearing shoes. All the, you know, folks, like, was that going? He did call me. He wants to have breakfast with me. What's taking him so long? I haven't, I just said, hey, we need to talk. He, Gil supported him from the... All right, don't worry, I got you. Um, uh, yeah. So you'll start down. seeing him line up. He's with the black. Isaac was the first. There it is right there. So Martinez, she had stepped down of the position of president, said she was taking a leave of absence. Now she's gone. She said to my staff, I'm sorry that we're ending it this way. Martinez said, There's, this is no reflection on you. I know all of you will continue to do great work and fight for our district. I'll be cheering you on. All three members have apologized for the conversation, but Martinez is the first to leave office. We had, the story has been on our radar for a little while, but we wanted to bring it to you guys once there had been some resolution because we weren't quite sure how the city council, how the brass here, um, and how the public would look at it. But LA has responded. Yeah. First of all, fuck you. Fuck De Leon. Fuck Nori and fuck Cedillo. Fuck this whole meeting right here because it's illegitimate. The people are shutting this shit down afterwards. This whole thing is racist. The fact that they had the audacity to sit here in front of the people that they mocked, that they minimized, that they demonized, that they marginalized is unacceptable. The fact that you are trying to continue with business as usual is unacceptable. 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 We are the people and we are the voices who matter in this room right now, not yours. I yield the rest of my time, but fuck this. Thank you. Next, we have Pastor Thimbalik. LA has responded to this saddening and, and intense racism from people who are supposed to be shepherding and stewarding the city. Mm. And the audacity of these council members. I mean, two still haven't resigned, but the president, it took her a second to resign. At first, she was just stepping away. The audacity to think that you could represent yourself as president of the L.A. City Council, knowing what that entails, knowing that you're supposed to represent the people in 
pretty much every facet. That's your responsibility. And you feel like you can say all those things and still hold your position as if you don't have to be accountable for those things. Now that she's probably gone, she's probably like, it was the blacks. I'll tell you what, she's still going to be talking the same way. I guarantee yeah. you, if anything, this just made her more bitter. Well, Sorry. I know that's an back. assumption, but even in her apology, you didn't, I, I, I don't feel like in any way you showed me who took offense to what you said as you were talking down on black people, that you're sorry for how you offended a whole community of people. And it wasn't just black people. You didn't just talk about black people, but you haven't apologized specifically to any of these communities. So how do I feel like you're going to learn and be better from the situation? You're not, you'll probably leave LA and you'll go to another city and represent and do this again. I should probably stick around here. You think she'll stay around here? Yeah, she'll probably stick around here and run it back in a couple of years after things have died down. City council members come and they go and the scandals come and they go. This is what I want to make sure. I want to make sure that there is. I want to do something to make sure that the black and brown communities of Los Angeles are together. There's something brewing. And there seems to be a discord that is reminiscent of how it was when I first got out of here. It doesn't always go swimmingly between the black and brown communities and their and I'm not from here in LA. I'm a I'm a an adopted son. So I'm not gonna speak on different politics. And I'm not gonna speak on how the neighborhoods get along because that's like not my place, you know? But I have children here it'll be their city it'll be where they're from which is already an interesting thing to me that my kids won't be from baton rouge they'll be from los angeles it's just really really interesting um but you know sometimes when you peel back the layers of solidarity that gets showed in public these ideas uh are there in private we know how things are in the prisons. We know how things are in certain neighborhoods. You've had certain rappers and hip hop figures recently talk about uh, how they feel about black people and how that goes. Um, I just hope I know there's two different communities with two different cultures uh, and there are different communities within those communities. But I just hope that, you know, the Latino listeners, the Hispanic listeners of higher learning know how much we stand in solidarity with them. Sure. And how much uh, we view our issues as being linked, whether we want them to be or not, not totally, but um, um, in some ways, you know, and I hope that we realize that in this country, there are forces that work against both of us. And a lot of those forces came from the, come from the same places. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure that, you know, we, we stay on the same accord as much as we can and stuff yeah. like this, uh, only does more to drive a wedge in between those communities. So, you know. For sure. Um, uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Russo, what would you say? You say he's white or black? White. Is he white or black? He's white. He's white. Wrong. Wrong. And it's I'm offended, Rachel. And you should be. I'm offended by what you just said. I'm offended oh. that you, nah, I'm offended at you. You're offended that, you would call, that I call Rick Russo white? It was wrong. What you just did was wrong. You don't misrace somebody. Oh. Well, Rick Russo, he knows what he is. Donnie, what? 
He was asked, Donnie, Rick Russo will tell you what he is. Listen to this. Listen to this. Go ahead. And this question goes for the both of you. The next mayor of Los Angeles will be either an African-American woman or a white man. I'm Italian. Italian-American. <laughs> Thank you. That's Latin. Get the fuck out of here. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> I... <laughs> this infuriates me when people do... It inf... <laughs> <laughs> it infuriates me period. like you know you're white it infuriates me period when he's like oh correct i'm italian but what the what the i'm latin i am disgusted by that comment i can tell you as i sit here today that i will be voting for karen bass purely off of that <laughs> comment purely off of that comment Mm-hmm. How disconnected from the Latino community are you to say that? I def- I just said it. Didn't stammer over saying it or anything. Oh, that's Latin. Who told you that? Who told you that? <laughs> I just and they let him say it. I would. I, no, I, excuse me, sir. I have a follow up question. How? Yeah. How? You clearly yeah. don't understand the community that you're trying to represent. Y'all, people need to be blasting that. You need to be upset. How can this man represent you when he thinks that he is one of you because he's Italian? So, so I, I I feel for Rick Crusoe. I do. No, I'm not. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I feel for Rick Caruso. First of all, I was never going to vote for Rick Caruso. It was always <laughs> Callie. Uh, my, my slogan is Karen Bass on that ass. That's my slogan. <laughs> Karen Bass on that ass. All right. But let me tell you why I feel uh, sad for Rick Caruso. This guy just doesn't know who or what he is. He was a Republican forever. He was a Republican forever. And because of the mayor's race, all of a sudden he's a Democrat. That's a long time not to really know what you are. He was white forever. He was white for decades. And all of a sudden, he's a Latino. Rick Caruso used to be down with like Perry Cuomo. He used to be down with like Fred Astaire, Mel Torme. And now he's telling us this whole time he's been living La Vida Loca. Down with the brown. He's down with the brown. I look, I look, I, he's probably really upset at Nuri Martinez and every, like, that how she could got you to represent leave. us like that? Yeah, yeah. How could you represent us like that? Like, you know, Rick Russo, Latino, I want Rick Russo to prove it. Look, this is my thing to Rick Russo. Prove it. You say you're Latino, prove it. Shout out to all my people over there in Boyle Heights. Shout out to everybody over off Cesar Chavez. Rick Russo. This Sunday, we want to see you down there. We want to see you down there. We want to see you wake up, eat the chilaquiles. We want to see you do the whole nine. We didn't, we didn't take a part in sharing our culture with our Latino, Mexican brothers and sisters. I want to see you go and immerse yourself in the, in the Latino culture. Rick Russo, viva la raza. <laughs> Change, he has to change his he has to change his slogan to that. You know, this is all so fucking crazy. White people, what kind man. of crazy world? White bro? people, white people. I'm, I we shouldn't be shocked, but it's just so ridiculous. And you say he doesn't know who he is. The man knows exactly who he is. He's of a course he he's does. a manipulator. 
that's who this man yeah. is. I just can't believe you fixed your mouth to actually say that. Where are my Italian folks? Is that how y'all identify? Somebody come on. Let, I start a start a red a subreddit on, on that. I want to I want I want to hear see the discourse on that. Shout out to all of my Italian. Shout out to everybody. Just we love you the way you are. All right. Uh, before we get to mailbag, Donnie. Like, it's not me, Rachel. Never gets old. <laughs> Blame They've them. They've been sending it's it not, to me too. I don't know what happened. Not, now I'm getting it. I'm getting it. It's not me, Rachel. <laughs> there is more. Do you know? That, do you like? There is more. I, I, I shouted out Colin and Nessa earlier in the podcast. Okay. Do you know both Colin and Nessa sent me? Gifts of mountain lions. Great people buy <laughs> Congratulations to those two amazing, awesome human beings um, on the recent addition to their family. Couldn't be happier or prouder of my sister and my brother for everything that they have done and everything they continue to do. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah, it's more mountain lion madness. They got a video of a mountain lion getting his dinner. Shout out to the deer. It's tough, but you know this is the cycle of life. Donnie, run the video. Rachel, do you feel like we're living you, seriously? Do we feel like we are we're living in the era of mountain lion? Seriously. Well, I think we always have been, and I think that's what the videos are showing. Right? They've they've always been with us. They're, you know, it's just I, I I get shocked every time we get tagged in videos because I'm like, they're really these are just these are just the mountain lion that they're capturing. Imagine yeah, how many else are out there. How many? No, we're not living in the air. I mean, for you, it's year of the of year of mountain lion. Like yeah, for sure, twenty twenty two has been. It's been an awakening for you. Year of mountain lion, yes. for sure. Yes. But is it the air? No, we've always been living with them. I'll be if you guys in the next couple of years see me. I'll never own a mountain lion. It would contradict I can't believe I put uh in there. <laughs> Disgustingly disrespectful. <laughs> I'll never own Mountain Lion. Okay. I'll never own one. But if you guys see me one day living amongst the Mountain Lion, living amongst Mountain Lion and his friends, like being Grizzly Man, but of Mountain Lion, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if I completely wig out at like 55. It's 13 years. And I'm just out there, Van Lathan, amongst Mountain Lion. I love him. I love them. I love her. Donnie? Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Uh, this mailbag is specifically dedicated uh, to literate culture. To literate culture. Johnny, <laughs> <laughs> was that your idea? That's fantastic. <laughs> that was book book centered questions. So uh, the first one is from Corey Cobr on Reddit. He asks, or she asks, "What's y'all's favorite book that you haven't read?" I know what this question means, and it's a really good question. It's a really fantastic question. 
the my favorite book, the book that has had the most impact, but a book that I have never ever read before. Hmm. But how would you know? How this a book, think about it, just a book that people always talk about that's really, really important, but that for some reason you never cracked it. I got you're gonna say the Bible, huh? No, but you know what's funny? That cross, I thought you were Heathen. gonna say that. Heathen. I thought you were gonna Heathen. say that. I really did. Um But you know, you know, to that point, you know what the book is for me? What? It's the 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 Quran. It's had an impact I've on always, your life? Or you just been curious about it? You've been world. curious. Yeah, I've always wanted to yeah. to read it. And I actually took some classes in some other religions during my summers uh, a couple of years back. I took some classes here in some different um, areas of, of Beverly Hills on some different religions. But uh, I don't have any real connection to it. And there's so many Muslims on the planet. And it's a religion that's so easy to... Um, well, it's not easy to. It shouldn't be easy to. But it's a, it's a religion that's been so vilified by so many of the worst people in the world, I've never taken the time to really dig into it. And I, I do want to one day. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. I guess I hadn't answered it yet. I don't know. That's tough. That's a, it's a good question. And I really have to think about, it. I feel like I need to be staring at, a, a really good question. at my bookcase as these are my books, but at my bookcase, as I'm answering these questions, it's a great question. I don't really think about that. All right. All right. Next. Next one is from Jerry Louie or Jerry Lewis on Instagram. What is your least favorite book? Mine. I I, I, I wish that that wasn't my answer. That's your answer. I wish that wasn't. I wish that wasn't my answer. But for all of those that enjoy Fat, Crazy, and Tired, I'm so happy that you did because it's a tough read for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it it seems self-indulgent. It seems. That's it arrogant vapid to sit down and say all of that stuff about yourself it does and, and i know that's a sucky answer but that's exactly no, what i was gonna say but it is true you get i got sick of me i got sick of we talked about yeah. this on this podcast before i got sick of talking about me i feel like it was great for other people to read it but for me it's a tiring process it's exact like you you read it over and over again you're writing it you're it's that's definitely the correct answer. And when you said that was your answer, I thought you meant my book was the same for you. And I was offended for three seconds. And then I realized you were talking about. Your book is is worth the read just for the chapter on copper. Just for the copper part. <laughs> just for the copper part. That's it beautiful. Good. It was good. Uh, all right. Go ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, Donnie. Next one. All right. Uh, from Lorraine on Instagram. What's your earliest book memory? Book or library memory? I have another least favorite book. Okay. A book that I read. I'll tell you why. Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, well. By J.D. Vance. Is it the book or him? Let me tell you why. I read Hillbilly Elegy. And the reason I read Hillbilly Elegy because I read Outliers and in Outliers, there's a part in Outliers. I'll come to the next question in a second, Donnie, but about honor culture. And it talks about how Malcolm Gladwell talks about how he went down to a place 
in the Appalachians or something like that. And they or there was a study done in Michigan or something like that about how those guys are all wound up. It reminded me a lot of the people where I was from in terms of the honor culture and how you can't be no bitch and how you gotta know how to fight and all of that stuff. So I read Hillbilly Elegy and it was relatable in a way. And uh it was relatable in a way in terms of this they're not from the South, they're from the mid south, they're from the Appalachians, mm-hmm. southern adjacent. Um but now I feel like the book was written completely in bad faith. Mm. I feel like the book was was sort of an Obama era nice guy's way of describing all of this shit that didn't make any sense. I'm not even sure if the book still came out in President Obama's t- it might have been like 2015 or something like that. I can't remember. But reading it now, every time I see JD Vance, it it the book seems like it's filled with lies and made up stories. Mm. Mm. I'll be honest with you because he, he is so non-reflective of any of the things that are in the book. And when I see it now, I think that about the time that I donated my time to having read it, uh, it bothers me. It's interesting because it's, you talked about this, you, you talked about being disconnected from the black community. Like you talked about mm-hmm. that being a form of white supremacy to be disconnected. He seems if if what he's saying is true in that book, he seems very disconnected from that life, which is why you probably don't think that it's true. Well, he seems like he's well, if you read the book. I want to interrogate this deeper. Not in mailbag. We haven't talked very much about J.D. Vance. We have to get on our political shit next week. We got a lot of guests coming up. We got a lot of guests coming up. We do. We have to get on our political shit. It's time to ramp it up. We want to talk specifically about J.D. Vance and the lie and the misleading, the con that is Hillbilly Elegy. Hmm. I want to talk specifically about that. I've been thinking about that a lot every time I see his smug fucking face. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Donnie. What was that last question? It was, what's your earliest book or library memory? Can I tell a story? Go ahead. Boom. So check this out. University of Terrace Elementary School in the 80s. I'm a kid. You know what I mean? I'm walking around there. We get a new computer. Right. I might have told this story already. And there was a contest to name the computer. This is one computer for the whole fucking school. So it was a big deal. Computer in the library. There's a contest to name the computer. Mm-hmm. We grew up where the Negroes go to school. We didn't have a whole computer lab. I remember we moved to Texas and we moved to Texas and they were like, it's computer day. Yes. Oh no, we moved to, to California or like we, we, we moved out to California. It's, like, it's computer day. I was like, it's what? It's computer day. And I walk into this room and the room is wall to wall computers. Like, it's a whole room. It's like yeah. 20 or 30. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm, like, and I'm like, what are y'all, what are we doing to computers? And the computer's just like, you can do whatever you want. So kids playing Oregon Trail. Yeah. They're doing, they, they got the floppy disk. They're doing the whole thing. I'm like, y'all got this many computers. Y'all got to be rich. University of Terrace, one computer. <laughs> School for the blacks. <laughs> okay. So it was, a, there was a, uh, the, the computer was in the library and there was a, um, there was a contest to name the computer, and I just knew that I was going to win the contest, right? And I, I came up with the term Quasimodo. Okay. Like I was going to name it Why? after the hunchback of Notre Dame. Just because I thought 
that that would really get people going. Okay. Right. So this is what won. Our mascot was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And one kid just decided to call the computer the electric eagle. <laughs> the look on your face, pure disgust. I remember I thought electric eagle, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, electric eagle. There's no thought. The ele- the, like the electric eagle. I was like, he won. So anyway. Like they, we're in the library. We, we we're in there, and I see a book, and it has a little thing on it. And I was like, "What does that thing mean?" And the teacher went, "That's a Newbery Award winning book." Oh yes, book. yes. Those are the books that we read in class. So those are the best books, right there. The ones with the little thing on them, the Newbery Award winners. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, if these are the best books, well, these are the books that I was that I'm going to read." And I started this thing of being in the library. And reading all the Newberry Award winners. And that started my trek into books. Like going into the library, like looking at the books. Because there was a different award just for pictures. I can't remember what the name of that one. But I remember all of the Newberry Award winners that they were having Mm -hmm. there. I would go in there and I would read them. And that's the way. And then my teacher was like, she was like, you know, there are books that are really good. That don't win the Newberry Award, no. <laughs> Newberry Award winners only in his brain. She's like, no, there's plenty of books. You're gonna read a lot of books. She's like, because you know that's only for like kids' books. She's like, when you go to middle school, you're gonna be reading different books. I was like, well, I'll find out whatever awards they have then, and then I'll read those books. You know. <laughs> I, but like the Electric Eagle is what made me really start going to the library look, trying to win that contest. Look, look at that guy mm-hmm. or woman. I don't know who named it. Um, so I was a bit of a jack as a child. I hated to read mm. as a kid. Both my sisters loved to read. I hated it, didn't like it. And the first time I got interested in reading were the mystery books. Nancy Drew. Mm. I was really into the Nancy Drews. Then I got really into the Goosebumps. And so ah. I wasn't reading award-winning books. I was reading books with really good plots were there, like had a good ending that were like movies to me. They felt like movies as I was mm-hmm. reading them. So that would be my my earliest memory of books. But I used to hate it. I'm so glad I didn't stay in that mindset. Now I just don't have the time to do it. But um, yeah. Did you ever read Judy Bloom? I must, I must, I must increase my bus. No, my little sister did. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't for me. Her, I read a couple of those. You did, you did everything. Um, yeah, but so you know what else though? You know what else, book-wise, like, used to kind of get it. So I was a kid that liked to eat. Mm -hmm. And they had Book It. Do you remember Book It? Vaguely. Is this where you got points? You read a, yeah, you read a book, and then they give you a thing, and you actually go to Pizza Hut and get a personal pan pizza. I remember the first, I remember the first time, we were, now we were, so my childhood, Baton Rouge, Texas, California, back to Louisiana. So first grade, kindergarten, kindergarten, Louisiana, first grade, Texas, first grade, no, kindergarten, Dallas, first grade, Louisiana, second, third grade, Louisiana, fourth grade, Texas, fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade, California, 
sixth grade to the rest of Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. So we're moving around trying to chase the economy. Um, but so basically three, four years out of my childhood, we're in different places. And Book It was really a thing in Texas, in Dallas, when we mm-hmm. lived in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Book It was really like a thing then. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember not thinking that they were actually going to give me the pizza. It's like, I read the book. Yeah. Uh, you go in there, you read the book, and you go in there and they give you the little thing, personal pan pizza. And my mom's like, okay, let's go get your pizza. And I'm like, they're not going to give me no pizza. Like, this little thing for a personal pan pizza, they're not going to actually give me a pizza. Do you understand for a little, I almost want to get emotional. Do you understand how much a pizza meant to me, how bad we were doing? Like like a pizza from Pizza Hut, yeah. Like that was like a and I go in there and I and I give them the thing and they give me a little pizza, and I'm <laughs> like fuck, I'm gonna read every fucking book. Ever. The program did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, fucking Aww. book it, man. They should bring it back. Was it right. Pizza Hut? That's a. I don't know. Book it is still think. around. Apparently, it's still a thing. Thirty plus true. years strong. I'm on the website really? right now. Yeah. Can you, is where, there an age limit? Because I'll read some pizzas. Where do you get the, where do you, do they still get pizzas or have they, they upped it? I think so. It's pre-K to sixth grade. And Damn. Yeah, still a thing. Is there an age limit? So they still, they still got Book It. Because think about if you, if they had Book It for adults. That they should do that. They should open the Pizza Hut if you're listening. Well, I know y'all listen with the triple tree box. There are some people who yeah. would need to tap into <laughs> right. this program. By the way, <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, I want my triple tree box for this Christmas. All right, I want it. Okay, I want my triple tree box. I forgot but about the triple tree. Box. P- Pizza Hut. We got to end the podcast. We're going too long. Pizza Hut. Y'all need to do book it for adults. Niggas need to read, <laughs> but they have to. We need to test them. Before they can get the pizza. Or like registering like, to vote? Or is that too much? Does that take it too far? Does that take it too far? Okay. You can register. You just can't, you know, you can't give a pizza for voting for Karen Bass. <laughs> but like, but that would be hilarious. But like, but like, yeah, pizza, personal pan pizzas. Pizza Hut, call us. Higher learning, we'll do something with you. Voting, register pizza parties. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Faith team caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys.